Welcome to Leaders and Learners. My name is Tanya McKenzie, and you can find me at the intersection of public relations and leadership. Join us as we talk to organizational leaders, elected officials, experts, authors, artists, and personalities sharing their stories, talking about how they got to where they are and how they continue to learn and lead the way. So without further ado, let's get into it. Well, greetings, good people. Good to have you back at another um, edition of Leaders and Learners. And today, I promise I will have someone that's going to teach you something uh, very cool about resilience and the power of being a problem solver. I think we don't talk about that enough. How do you enter into a field as someone that can position yourself as an expert in that field based on the knowledge that you already have and being able to solve a problem in the industry. Today, I'm bringing you this awesome guy. His name is Herb Courtney, and he started his own firm um, during COVID. So a lot of you that we still continue to have conversations about people that kind of struggle still to recover from COVID. We've had brunches where we're being bring business leaders together to find ways to dig yourself out of this hole that COVID kind of put you in. But there are people that really learn to not just survive, but thrive and be a blessing to others um, during that time and moving forward. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring him in. Mr. Herb Courtney, how are you today? Good, Tanya. How are you? Blessed to have you here. I want you to get right into it. Let the people know about Renaissance Search Firm. And I don't know if you want to share something about yourself. That's fine, too. But we, we're going <laughs> to talk about this firm. No, absolutely. Well, thank you again for, for having me here. And um, yeah, Renaissance Search Consulting, I, I founded it in uh, February of 2020. So literally right before the pandemic uh, and then the pandemic hit and, you know, kind of changed things. And, you know, for us at Renaissance, we are a search firm that specializes more on the executive level and hiring, but making sure there is um, intentionality with diversity, equity, inclusion, um, you know, putting and implementing best practices to make sure there's an equitable process, you know, so obviously when the pandemic hits, um, you know, people aren't hiring. So you have to kind of figure out ways to stay relevant. It's a new, new business. Um, you know, we kind of focus across multiple industries, but you know, my passion is in sports. You know, I was a former D one basketball player. I played professionally. So, you know, and I was a college basketball coach. And, uh, for me, I was, I've always been passionate about, about sports. So, um, you know, during that time to to continue to build, uh, you know, during COVID, you know, I always say the best time to sell some, someone or something is when you, you can't sell it to them. Right. And so during COVID, it, you know, people aren't hiring. And you know, so you really having conversations about people, the business challenges, um, you know, it kind of humanizes it a little bit when um when you're not coming off as a salesperson, right? And so I was able to use that time to really have like, you know, some really deep rooted conversations and, and, and just getting to know people. And so when you start from that, from that standpoint, the relationship continues to build and, and, and it gets established and, um, you know, you, you have conversations that just are focused around, Hey, what can I do for you? Um, you know, how can I help support? So 
we did that for a few months and that you know that helped me really just slow down because when you do start a business you, you have a million different things you're trying to do and accomplish but you know covid for those first two or three months really made me slow down really make sure my business plan was right um you know just think about other ideas and how we need to um really show up in some of these industries and so you know i really took that time to to kind of refine things and then you get the murder of george floyd and um brianna you know taylor and ahmaud Aubrey, and um you know so we have this huge social you know uh, movement going on in the states and uh you know timing is everything and um for us we you know in terms of a firm there are really not a lot of firms that really specialize in dei and things like that so when companies are looking hey how can we hire better how can we be more equitable in the process how you know you know that's what we do right so i think we were able to to really capture that moment and and provide um be that you know subject matter expert into providing uh you know services for organizations and uh institutions uh alike well let me ask you this what i've learned well what i've noticed is after the george floyd situation took place many companies and organizations got very active in DEI. Yeah. Got, you know, very active and they wanted to implement all these wonderful programs and they start spending money with uh, DNI organizations and it's a little quiet out there right now. Mm -hmm. So I think you started at a time, a pivotal time, and that's great. I want to find out from you, how is that going now? How have you continued to elevate the necessity of diversity in organizations and why do you think it even died out i call it performative that's you know me and my pr people but i'm sure you have some uh creative terms for that also yeah <laughs> yeah you know um i think that was maybe i'm a pessimist or i, I thought there was a i thought there's a shelf life right to how how companies you know put up dei and how important it was and in investing money and you know people always say is it um is it a moment or is it a movement right and i always thought it was probably going to be more of a moment um you know just looking at our past as a country so you know i think um you know for us it was you know there's obviously a lot of education involved uh you know with these companies but I think the biggest thing is is really shifting business leaders' minds to DEI being a social cause to a it's a financial cause, right? Like, you know, there's proven facts out there that the more diverse your organization is, the more reach that you'll have, more innovation that you'll have, and that's gonna impact your bottom line, right? So, you know it is a it's it's a good financial decision at the end of the day right and i think a lot of people view it as a an esg goal or just something you know a, a social impact goal and it, and it is both but as as a business leader it behooves you to to have diversity within your workforce because it, it definitely impacts your bottom line it seems like you've taken your brand of mm, being a sports figure an athlete um, what you did in the sports world to this business. You transitioned 
um, what you what you're doing, what you're delivering, but the brand of service seems to be the same. Tell us a little more about that, your personal brand and how you're able to kind of blend that into this organization that you uh, that you built. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, when I started, it was just me. Right. So Renaissance Search Consulting is pretty synonymous with Herb Corton um, and big picture. I wanted to, you know, have my organization Renaissance, right, um, to be viewed as innovative, dynamic, you know, high level integrity, all the things I want to stand for. Right. Uh, and the things that we practice, but have it as a, from an organizational view um, and the whole Renaissance team embodies that. And, you know, that's kind of honestly been one of my my bigger challenges, right? It's, it's hey, how can I take a step back um, where I don't need to be at every event or lead every panel or lead every search, but knowing that my team, the Renaissance team, you're going to get that same level of service, um, you know, attention, um, you know, to the, to the projects and the searches that we do. So, um, in the beginning, obviously, it's very important to kind of have that integrated. What my personal values are, this, you know, my why. I think knowing your why is super important and your purpose and having that aligned with your organization. And then it's my job as the leader to hire people that embody those principles and values and, uh, and the mission that we want to accomplish, not just in the sports world, but across multiple industries. So, you know, that that is kind of how I've been able to to kind of integrate all those together and, and being super audible ready. Some people call it your elevator pitch, but, you know, your elevator pitch can be so generic, right? When you're trying to think about, hey, tell me about yourself. But if I think you can really kind of approach it with your why and hire that way and, and have your organization really embody that, then I think you can you can you can make a difference and and kind of build your brand that way. What do you think to this day is one of the most impactful placements um, that you've made, or one of the most impactful things that your organization has done um, since you started? Yeah, um, you know, there, there's a couple that comes to mind. So, you know, at Morgan State University, we placed the first uh, African American um, female athletic director. Uh, there, uh, we placed, uh, a front office executive for the Mavericks. Um, you know, one of the, you know, there's not a lot of female front office executives in the NBA. We're very proud of that. Um, you know, so there's, there's things like that where I know we're making a difference at the highest levels. Um, you know, black women, especially are probably the most, you know, disenfranchised group in, in in the world. Right. So I think to be able to, to really support, support them and, and give them access to opportunities and kind of being that bridge is, is really important for me. Um, and, and uh, along with other, you know, uh, underrepresented groups, but, you know, especially women of color, I think, um, that is, that's something I'm very passionate about. And when we're able to do groundbreaking searches, when we're placing the first woman here or there, I think that's really, I think that's really, uh, really cool and, and important. And something I'm passionate about. Why? Why is why is that it? So I have to ask you because 
I don't know if you watched Trevor Noah, he signed off the other night and, you know, people have been retweeting and reposting his, his comment, which was, you know, um, black women can't afford to F around. We do get the tail end of it, but not everyone sees that, right? Mm -hmm. Also, uh, there are times when people that look like you get into top tier positions and tend to not um, lift up for whatever reason, right? Yeah. No judgment there. It, they might just want the best person. You are saying that you make a valid effort to do this. And I want you to explain to people why, because there's still a very uh, large amount of pushback on that, right? There's a lot of pushback on that. The things that you are seeing, others don't. Why is that important to you? I want you to talk to the audience and tell them why that is so important to you. Yeah, I mean, obviously my family, it starts with your family, my my mom, my sister, you know, my sister is an executive and I kind of see, you know, what she has gone through in her corporate journey to get to where she is and um and just being in different organizations whether it isn't on the sports side or is in the corporate side, you know, women of color, especially black women, they are viewed and treated differently. And I've seen it firsthand and um, I don't think it's right, you know, um, and if I can help, um, you know, bridge that gap, now I'm going to do it and and I want to do it. And um, I think, you know, black women are, are very misunderstood. Right. I think if you're direct, you know, it's that that's he's the angry black woman. Right. And I just I just. It's just such a double edge, right? You know, like how people view black women and just because you're strong and and you know what you want and you're a strong leader, you know, they they typecast you differently. And like I said, it's it's not I I'm just very passionate about that. More more importantly, because of my sister, right? And what she's a she's a CFO of a nonprofit in Philly and you know, she worked for uh, PwC for a number of years and and some other organizations and you know me and her are very close and I, I kind of I see it right and I just that, that so that is my why and and why I'm I'm passionate about that. We are a culmination of our experiences mm -hmm. and a lot of what comes out of that emotionally physically drives us to do the things that we do next yeah. drives us to make the decisions that we make. What are some of the things that have you've experienced that have driven you to this point in your life? No, absolutely. Um, that's a great question. You know, for me, my personal experience, especially my journey in corporate America and in coaching, you know, being, you know, one of very few people of color in a room, especially the higher up you go, the less diverse it is, um, you know, how we hire. Uh, especially in, in, in athletics, right? You know, sports is so diverse. You know, you look at, you know, certain sports, basketball, men's and women's basketball, football, you know, it's part, you know, predominantly African-American, right? But if you look at coaches, you look at GMs, you look at presidents, you know, ownership groups, they don't reflect that. And I've always had an issue with why can't we as a people have access to the highest levels within industries right and and if and thinking about it it's like hey if i 
the, the amount of people that I know and the network I've been able to amass over my years in this, in this work, in this space, I know I can leverage that and bring people up. Right. And my biggest thing is, you know, CEOs and presidents and, and however high up you want to go, they have a very tight social network. And one of the many reasons why there's just not a lot of diversity at the top is because they don't know any people of color. Right. So, um, if I can be that conduit, right. And expand their social networks with individuals that are very high level, high performing achievers. And I know if they got in front of them or as I, I was able to bridge that, I know that could make a difference. And, you know, so, so that is kind of my lens of what I see is like, Hey, there's a lot of change that needs to be made personally in my professional journey. I wish I had an entity or uh, an organization that could really help me bridge that gap when I was in that kind of part of my career. Now that I've kind of left that and I'm on this side of it, I, I know I could, I can help. Right. And I tell people, uh, I tell people all the time, like I not, I may not be able to get you a job, but I can always help you. Right. And, and I think the social capital, your network is so important and people don't talk about that enough and that's where decisions gets made those how you know policies get changed if you're in the political space like you need to be in a certain level and to be able to interface at that level to to really get things done so i want to help with that all right so you said something important you said i know that i can make a difference there you're not trying to save the world. You, right. It, it sounds like you're trying to make things better. I always say make leave things better than you got them. Mm -hmm. One decision, one placement at a time. Absolutely. I had an experience. Um, I've done some work with our local police department here. One of our captains, good friend of mine, has become a good friend of mine just based on open and honest conversation. And we talked about exactly what you are speaking of, which is if I have an opportunity and I'm, I'm going to leverage it for those that I feel need it the most. I like that. Thank However, you. there are those that feel like I'm qualified. I'm a good person. I want you to succeed, but I don't want you, I don't want to not succeed because someone feels like you deserve a chance over me. Mm -hmm. I've been discriminated against. There are times when I've walked in a room, because he doesn't look like me, of course, and I felt some type of way because of the things they were saying to me, because I didn't look like them. Yeah. So I want you to talk to me about when you do have others that don't look like us, that are highly qualified, that do deserve the opportunity, what does that decision look like for you? What does that moment in time look like for you? How do you make the world a better place when you have those types of decisions in front of you? Yeah. I mean, the good thing about what I, I do is like, it doesn't just have to be one person, right? It can be people across, you know, that look like me, that don't look like me, right? I think it starts with the relationship, right? Mm. Um, for me, if I know you and 
and we have a relationship, whether you're black, white, or whatever, ethnicity, gender, however you identify as, I, if I feel like you're a great person and it, and I can help you, I'm going to help you, right? Um, you know, obviously, I'm, I, you know, there's that intentionality uh, to making sure that, you know, people of color have that opportunity as well, right? Where traditionally where we've gotten left behind. Um, and that's why, you know, we are in the place where we're in in terms of not having that diversity at, at the top. But, you know, if, if I know a person and I think, and I knew they would do a great job and they need that access to a person or organization. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making that connection. I can appreciate that. What drives you? This is hard work. Like I got friends that are in recruiting and placement and they be stressed out and they're just, oh, so tired. And what drives you to keep going in an industry that can be pretty fatiguing? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, there's a difference between, not say one is better than the other, but, you know, uh, like a search firm who, who, you know, focuses more on the executive level than like staffing, which is just numbers, right? You're just trying to place as many people as you can um, uh, at a client site or, you know, um, or just bill out. So we're not a staffing firm, right? So we can be pretty selective on the clients we take on mm -hmm. um, and the industries that we want to be in. And, you know, I, I go into industries that I personally have interest that I know we can have an impact. Uh, so I don't get really frustrated, um, you know, in terms of that piece. Now, at the end of the day, when you do have a, a search and you're, you are working with people and so people do disappoint you <laughs> and, uh, you know, whether are those people are, who, who <laughs> You know, you can have a great opportunity for someone. You go through the process, and at the last minute, like, oh, it's not for me. You know, like that—that's—that's what get. That's like, that's a big no-no for me. But, um, you know, but you can never predict what people are going to do, or you know, how they're going to react in a situation with a client or whatever. Um, you know, so there is some piece of that that is it can be you know fatiguing, but overall when you're working with good people uh, on the client side and on the candidate side, and when candidates and clients are appreciative of the work that you do mm. and the impact that it's having on their organization and then vice versa on the candidate, you know, the, the impact that that's having on their life, it could be a, a, a promotion for them that they, you know, feel like they've been long overdue or working for organizations that, are aligned with them from a value standpoint, you know, that, that is rewarding. And then, you know, that, that is, that's, that's like the coach in me, right. When you're, when you're coaching a team and, and with players and, you know, you get them to be able to play a certain way and do things the way that you want to in your program and you get it there. And then it's like, you know what, and they appreciate you. Right. And so that, that for me supersedes everything. Right. When you have those type of placements and working with those type of clients. What gave you the audacity to think you could be a business owner? What, where did that come from? That's a great question. Um, you know what? I don't. I didn't. I don't know uh, <laughs> where that came from. Um, I knew I was ready for a change. And naturally, I'm a risk taker. Um, I felt like 
if it didn't work out, I was still young enough in my career where I could do something else. Um, it wasn't capital intensive to start this, this organization. Um, you know, so thus far in this, our journey, we've all been internally funded. Like I, I don't have, um, outside investors or anything like that. Um, you know, so I don't know where that confidence came from or why I thought it would work. And I, my, my, my dad is a banker. He's a retired banker. My mom's a librarian and she kind of worked with a lot of small businesses. Um, and you know, so I, I know the success rate for small business, especially first time, uh, you know, business owners is not, it's not that great. Right. And so it was a risk as it was a chance, but it was something that I was this passionate about. I'm passionate about hiring. I'm, I'm passionate about the talent acquisition process. And I knew if I, if I launched it the right way and it had a certain look, um, and my competitors don't have my background that I, I had a chance to stand out, right. Or be different and just offer a different perspective and lens that currently wasn't in the market. So that was my, I would say, uh, I guess confidence to thinking that it could work, but you know, to your point, I've never started a business before. Um, you know, I was a coach, so I think there was skill sets that I had that I didn't know I had. And, um, I think one thing sports does teach you is to be resilient, right? Uh, you do face failure a decent amount. And I think I was ready for that if it did happen. And if I did fail, how's, how was I going to learn from it? Uh, and so I think it's always taking those opportunities to say, Hey, you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world if I do fail, but if I do fall on my face, how am I going to bounce back? What are the things I need to do to be better? And I think that's always something in the back of my mind that I'm always evaluating is how can we be better? Mm. You know, how can we keep moving forward? Uh, and that's, that is, I think that's critical for me. So corner. speaking of your look, I wanted to make sure everybody had a look at um, your site Thank you. and take the time to, you know, browse the site, get some information. I really wanted to talk to you though about your team because mm -hmm. you mentioned relationships and I want you to tell me your relationship with these people. It's such a diverse group of people. Where are you getting yeah. from? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, Kelly, I think it was the first one. So I got introduced to him right when I started <coughs> the firm. So I didn't know him prior. Um, you know, he had a, a long stint at the NCAA. He did his own consulting people in the industry saying nothing but great things about him. So, you know, one thing that I do, I do my homework on people and, um, you know, he, he just, no one ever had a bad thing to say about him. And those are the people that you want in your organization. And he has a skill set. Um, you know, he's very detailed oriented. I'm very big picture. So he compliments me in that way. Uh, and we just hit it off, you know, and he kind of, you know, is kind of with me and, um, you know, about uh, six months in and he's been a great, he's been a great uh, person to have on our team. Uh, so Gigi was our second hire. And this is, this is important because it's 
very critical that people don't just talk the talk, but they walk their talk. Yeah. Having someone at the top that does not look like them, it is a woman. I can definitely appreciate based on some of the things that you've said. So Gigi. Gigi, yes. So Gigi also didn't know uh, prior to starting uh, the firm. She uh, was recommended to me by one of my friends. Uh, his name's Chris Walker. She worked, uh, he's at CBS and she did a lot of projects for him. She she wanted to get into the sports space before um, before that she was working at a, like a nonprofit and like on the finance sector, she played, she was a high school athlete. She played in college. And so she was very passionate about getting into the sports industry. So she just a go getter. Um, I loved her drive. Um, you know, she's very, uh, engaging. Uh, you know, I think she has a ton of potential. Uh, she's you know younger in her career but i think she could be you know there's just not a lot of women of color in in um in in the search base i think she could be one of the best people in search period like i think she, that's her ceiling so um i'm so happy that she's on our team and and she's been for the last year she's been great um and here you go we won't go through everyone but i wanted to get to the point about relationships yeah how do these people are are people that you've known or were recommended to you right mm -hmm. i think many times people don't understand professionals don't understand that relationships that um relationships that you build you never know what they're going to turn into absolutely one of the things we talk about in public relations and relationships with journalists, PR people having relationships with journalists, the first time you meet them, it shouldn't be an ask. Yeah. Some people really struggle with how do you build a relationship that's sustainable over time? Kind of talk to me about that and how that has been able to contribute to the success of your organization. Absolutely. I think that's the, that's the biggest thing, right? Is that relationship piece and, and being authentic with it. Right. And, I think at the end of the day, you know, we all have an agenda, right? If if a, if a NBA team or college organization, if I'm reaching out to them, we have no relationship, you know, obviously I want to get to know them for a reason, but how can we do that organically and naturally? And, and um, you know, I think the biggest thing where I lead office is I just want to get to know them, right? I want to get to know them as a leader. I want to get to know them as an organization before I ask anything, right? I want to, I want them to understand our, our purpose and what we do. Um, and, and then, and to just build from there. And then from that, you know, first couple of conversations that will let me know how I need to, to manage that relationship. Is it, Hey, is that, uh, someone that I need to reach out every two to three weeks? Or is that more of like a quarterly call and I'm updating them on certain things or, you know, I always love, you know, if I read something or an article, um, you know, even something as simple as a birthday, right? Where it's just like, where you're just having these touch points, these authentic touch points, and you're not, you're never asking for anything, right? And and then it just, the relationship just evolves from there. So it is an art. I like, you know, it is an art. And 
you know, you have to be able to navigate that and take certain cues from people and read body language. And, um, you know, do you take them out for dinner or coffee and, you know, and just talk, you know, you don't want to talk about business all the time. I want to get to know them, their family, whatever. Right. So it's just, it's definitely an art to doing it, but if you know how to navigate that, it's going to make life a lot easier for you in terms of, you know, getting business and then down the road, they feel comfortable because you've built that trust over yeah. time. I like that. Now let the people know how they can stay in touch with you. Um, maybe get in touch with you if they need your services, if they don't know if they need your services, how do they know if they're doing a good job um, with diversity in their organization? Kind of talk through that and then how they connect, stay connected with you. Yeah, I think in terms of, you know, understanding where they are as an organization, um, you got to talk to your people, you know, um, hopefully they've done some type of survey or um, some type of metric where they are, they're monitoring or uh, measuring, you know, employee, um, you know, engagement and all that good stuff where people do people do people feel be you know have a sense of belongingness and you know psychological safety within within the organization do they feel supported like that's all the things that you know they should be doing um to understand where they are and if they do need outside help um and then obviously if you're just looking from a metric standpoint you know how are they hiring is is their workforce diverse have they had trouble attracting more importantly retaining you know diverse talent, because uh, that's a whole nother issue. So I think taking a deep dive into that is will help them understand, yeah, I need help, right? Um, you know, because some some companies naturally do it very well, some don't, you know, it just kind of depends how you set up. Um, so yeah, I, I would suggest that um, in terms of how to getting in touch with me, and obviously on my website, uh, the rscfirm.com. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So just Herb Courtney and then, you know, my company name, Renaissance Search and Consulting. You can always shoot me a note there, um, you know, um, and my contact, our contact information is on the website as well. So those are all different um, ways you can um, get to me. You're not like a socially social media person. I, no. I, I was like, where is he at? Where? I have something to tweet him and he's not here. You know what? I uh I outsource that. I am naturally not a a social media person at all. It just doesn't come natural to me. I'm a very uh I don't know, quiet at heart, I guess. Um per like private. Uh so you know, I don't really share a lot, but um so yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not super active on the Twitters and Instagrams, but I'll post every now and then, or, you know, I'll give the okay to post something. Um, but yeah, I know I'm not. That's funny. It's okay <laughs> to be a social media introvert. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's okay, okay right? Cool. Okay, so again, I appreciate you taking the time to let the people know about your firm. I, I did want to ask you though, those tools that you were talking about, right? There are companies that don't even know these tools exist, lesson on how to get their hands on them to find out uh, employee satisfaction or if they're doing a good job or not 
in um, diversity and inclusion in their organization. Can you tell people where they can find some of these tools that can help them talk to their employees? Because that's the other thing. They don't know how to talk to their employees to even ask the questions because most of them probably scared of the answer. So, and there's that. (laughs) There there is that piece. Um, You know, there's a lot of, you know, HR softwares I'm sure they could use. Um, I would always suggest, um, you know, sourcing that out to a, to a DEI practitioner that could do more of a deep dive. Um, And, you know, obviously anyone can reach out to me. I I do have uh, practitioners that I, I have worked with because, you know, when I work with organizations, I'm not a, a practitioner. I don't do the surveys and the, the mediations and all that good stuff. Right. But I do know people that do it at a very high level. So, you know, I would do your research and just locally, wherever you are, you know, see who's out there um, and who comes highly recommended in that space. Uh, or, or you could just do a more traditional like an HR software that you can that monitor that for you. Cool. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for spending the time. Thank you for talking to us, teaching us a little bit about what you do and how you are making this world a better place. Because, yes, the more diverse our organizations are, the more profitable they are and the better they perform because they're not functioning in a box, in a bubble. They're functioning with diverse opportunities for people to learn, grow and serve the communities that they are um selling to. So with that being said, thank you so much. I appreciate you and please stay in touch. I will. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the conversation. Absolutely. Thank you. So listen, y'all make sure that if nothing else, he has some great blogs on there on his site. Um, He has some just great information, right? We can never be too informed. We can never be overeducated. Like that's not even a thing. And a lot of what he does could help you in your own business and in your own opportunities. If you're seeking new opportunities, see what some of those things are that you could be doing to improve who you are as an employee or um, ideas that you can even implement in your own business. Listen, leaders and learners are here for people that do both, not just one, okay? You lead and you learn. You have to continue to educate yourself, find new new ideas and ways to get things done because at the end of the day, it makes your organization better and it enhances you as a professional. So again, thank you for being here. You know, I always appreciate it. If you have any show ideas too, and there's someone that you want to see on the show or an organization, a business uh, that you would love to hear, you know, talk about what they do and how they're making things better. Let me know. I got you. Um, Herb his firm right down here. Check it out. Don't waste this 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever. Do something that's going to improve your life, that's going to improve your business, that's going to improve your business life, your professional life, your social life. All those things are cool. Learn how to be a diverse individual, right? Don't be in a box. So thank you for being here. We'll see you again soon. Um, If there's anything you need, you know how to get in touch with me, uh, Tanya McKenzie PR on all social media platforms or Sand and Shores. Guys, I'll see you next time.